Motherhood photography can look all kinds of ways, just as the families we photograph. No one family is the same, and some families and individuals may have special needs and considerations that should be had when navigating their photography sessions. This isn't something to shy away from as motherhood photography business owners. Inclusion of differently abled individuals and families is simply inclusion of all families. Welcome to the Motherhood Anthology Podcast, photography education for a business you love. My name is Kim Box, and I'm your host with the collaboration and help of my co-hosts and business partners at the Motherhood Anthology, Jenny Kruger and Allison Craig. Today, you're in for a special treat as I have a co-host on the podcast, a member of our TMA behind-the-scenes team, and special needs mom herself, Abby Dormany. Abby's co-hosting with me as we have the great privilege to chat with Stephanie Fasler, motherhood photographer and founder of the Capable Community. Stephanie is a former pediatric home health nurse who decided to turn her passion for photography and heart for special needs community into a business. Now I present to you episode number 28 of the Motherhood Anthology podcast. Today, I'm excited to talk with Stephanie Fassler of the Capable Community, and I also have a special guest host today. That is one of our teammates at TMA that you don't you don't get to see very often, but she's working really hard behind the scenes. And that's Abby Dormany. Thank yeah. y'all. So Stephanie, let's just start. Tell us about you and the Capable Community and how it came to be. Yeah. So I'm going to rewind quite a bit. Yeah, like, please do. Back, please do. Very good. So I grew up in a home with a disabled parent. My dad is paraplegic, which means he is paralyzed from the waist down. He's a wheelchair user. He has been my entire life. That's all I've known. So I grew up pretty immersed in disability in general. And so when I was little, I was saying I was going to grow up and be a nurse. And that's what I want to do to help people. And so I did. I grew up and became a nurse. And then I was working in home health care for children with special needs, which is kids who are generally too sick to be at home just in their parents' care, but not sick enough to be in the hospital. So it's kind of a weird middle ground that surprisingly a lot of people live their everyday day-to-day life in. And so I was in pediatric home health care when I had my first son and my husband bought me a camera as a push present of sorts. And I started taking pictures just on the side as like an escape from the stress of being a new mom and working in healthcare with medically fragile kids. So I was just on the side, you know, accidentally running a business and eventually that business out earned my nursing income. And that's when I switched full-time photography. When I switched to full-time photography, most of my clients just happened to be parents of special needs children because that's who I knew. It wasn't like I was marketing to them specifically. It's just, that's the people I was connected with. And so I accidentally had a specialty of being fully immersed in special needs, photography and families and working with people of all ability levels. And so from there, you formed the Capable Community? Yeah. So I also, Capable Community kind of slowly happened as I was mentoring other photographers just in business in general. It wasn't like special needs specific or disability specific education. I was just mentoring them in business because they were like, hey, you've done this. You're doing pretty good. Can you teach me? And so I did not think that disability photography was its own niche or anything like that. I just taught them to be inclusive, like by default. I was like, oh, well, if you're doing it my way, this is how I do it. And this is how you're going to do it too. And so I was mentoring them in business and giving them a lot of information on being inclusive to families of all ability levels. And 
from there, I was like, wouldn't it be great if there was a program to train photographers just on that, where they can keep their style, keep everything the way you've been doing it, but just become more inclusive and accepting of people of all abilities. That's why I made the capable community. And then as another branch of capable community, there's a featured photographers list. So families looking for quote unquote, special needs, friendly photographers have one central place they can go to and shop essentially where they can compare styles because what I've experienced with my clients is they love me, but they'll say, Oh, can you do this a different, like, can you edit this darker? Can you be moodier? And I, I can't, Um, I'm very light and airy. And so they shouldn't have to default to me just because I'm the only one who can work with their child. They should be able to choose from any photographer with any style and any price point. So I wanted to invite Abby today to help co-host as one. I love her so much. And she, like I said, has so much that she adds to the podcast and to TMA behind the scenes. But Abby is also a mom of children with special needs. So Abby, do you want to talk about your family a bit and introduce yourself? Yes, I'd love to. So I'm a mom of three. I have three crazy wild children and they were all born into this world with medical complexities. My, I have one particular kiddo who is probably my higher needs uh, child. And so I just, when I saw your name come across Stephanie, I was absolutely thrilled because this is one of those things that like, as a parent, you know, you live in it every single day, but when you don't, it's just not something that is ever on your radar knowing that you're, you're bringing this inclusiveness to the photography community. I just, I think is absolutely amazing. And I, like you said, like, it's all you've ever known with your own family experience, but I just think it's so incredible uh, that you used that to forge a way to make this also something that brings awareness to other professional photographers and also creates an educational system in order to help them be more inclusive, particularly with my one kiddo. You know, whenever we approach things like a photography session, even small prompts like smile, look this way, look that way can be so much more complex than they can for any other, you know, neurotypical child. And so I'm just so grateful that you're creating this space. I am so glad that you see the importance in it, Abby, because I had this idea a couple of years ago to make a course educating photographers on working with disabled children. And I had a business coach at a time who told me it probably wasn't the most marketable and not the best idea. And she really encouraged me not to do it because she didn't see how it would be profitable. She was like, I don't see how anyone really needs to learn that. She's like, it's not really a problem most people have until they're in that moment. And so it's gonna be hard to market to them. And I let it go to the back burner for a while. And then it kept bugging me in the back of my mind. And so I was like, I won't be able to continue on until I pursue it. So I just went for it full force. That's amazing. You know, what I find is like, like I said, like, unless you live this every day, you have no idea. And I'm sure that that individual that gave you that advice just does not have that in their personal life. It's not present in their life. And so it's not something that they have to consider, but it is a huge community of people. And I think we tend to find each other. Like we kind of gravitate towards each other. Oh, yes. (laughs) I'm so glad that 
you didn't listen (laughs) to that person because what you're providing is just immeasurable in value and so, so appreciated. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. So I, in my course, I talk about how there, I don't think there's any community of women tighter than special needs moms. I'm convinced that there is a secret society. They all know each other. They all share the same recommendations for therapists, doctors, specialists, and in that will be photographers once we have enough people trained. Yes, that's so exciting. I'm so excited to see that become more and more present, especially as a as a mom of particularly one kid who has higher needs. It's such a great thing. So I just want to say, like b- before we get started, as I was reading through some of your posts, Stephanie, and, and some mm-hmm. of your information online. So on this podcast, I mean, I'm just, I I really believe in just like being honest and transparent. And so maybe I have the same experience maybe, or some of the same thoughts I feel as a photographer and a mother without special needs children, I, and I read this on your site that one reason maybe that this is not discussed more is because people like me are afraid to say the wrong thing or to use the wrong terminology. Like we, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to definitely, you know, offend anyone or so sometimes maybe you just, it's not discussed at all. So maybe would you talk to us before we dive in a little bit about that? And maybe that will help other people that want to be more inclusive and offer more inclusive services. Just start with us about just that topic that you mentioned. Yeah, I I think a big part of like what I like, what I love to teach on most is how to talk about disability because I feel like, like you, so many people have the best hearts and they just don't talk about it because they don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. They don't want to offend anybody and they don't want to say the wrong thing. And so I like to really just unveil the the whole thing here of how we talk about disability. And so saying a child's like a disabled child, saying a child has a disability those are totally acceptable terms. Um, Special needs starts to get into a little bit of gray area where a lot of mothers of children with disabilities prefer using that term. And that's why I will use it. Um, But adults with disabilities do not like the term. So I try to keep a very fine line of once you get a child who's entering high school, I kind of drop the special needs term because it infantizes them a little bit and makes them feel younger or less of a human than they are. And so I use it referring to young children because I think for a lot of mothers of disabled children, it's, it softens the blow to them because they're going through their own grieving process that their motherhood looks different than they expected. No one expects to have a baby with a disability. A lot of times you don't know your child has a disability until development progresses. Sometimes you know, you know when you're pregnant, sometimes you know at birth, but those are really minority situations in the grand scheme. So I like to use the terms like my clients prefer. So just talking about disability, you can say disability. It's not a bad word. I don't use the term handicap. It's on the outs. So I like that that one's also kind of more gray area of it's outdated and we don't use it anymore, but the U.S. government still uses it referring to accessible parts of our society, like parking and things like that. So I just am more conscious with, I avoid it because I think that's the direction we need to go. But yeah, so just talking about disability like that, um, if you don't have a long backstory like me, you don't, you don't have to. I tell the photographers I mentor all the time, like putting one picture on your feed that's just inclusive and shows a family who may look different than the norm 
speaks volumes to these moms because they're like, oh, she gets it. She we're, we can she can work with us. She understands us. And it's not, it takes kind of this like, oh, I only work with picture perfect families with perfectly well-behaved children. And that's not reality for, for anybody, whether you work with kids with special needs or not. I mean, you want to be inclusive of every family type. I think as a mom myself of within the special needs realm, it also, well, first of all, I personally am just not, I don't easily get offended and an effort from anyone to ask a question or even just a simple question, like, how would you like for me to refer to this? There's so much grace that covers that. I think I like to think amongst, especially moms who have kiddos with special needs. My kids are younger, so I'm not familiar with the terms that you suggested as they approach high school. So I'm so glad you shared that. So I can put that on my own radar. Kim, I, I know you mentioned you're afraid to say the wrong thing. I think, you know, that that's really where there's a lot of that mental block and sort of this divide between families who do have differently abled members that they love and care for. And then also the photography industry and just as a general community itself. And so I think a lot of times it's helpful to hear and maybe I'll say it out loud on the podcast for other photography business owners to hear is that it is okay to ask questions. It is actually incredibly welcome questions and creating that type of dialogue is really where we can begin to forge a path of inclusiveness when it comes to incorporating special needs individuals into your sort of photography portfolio. Yes. And I completely, I always say that like, there's no one you're less likely to offend than a mom of a disabled child because she's had doctors say things to her that no one should ever hear. And so you asking, <laughs> Amen. Amen. it's not gonna, it's not gonna rub her the wrong way. In fact, I, I agree with you, Abby, that like you feel validated and you're like, thank you for recognizing because a lot of people are afraid to talk about it. So they just kind of ignore it. And that's just, it kind of plays into like the ignorance of like, Oh, well, we don't see the disability. It's like, well, no, you should see the disability. You should acknowledge it. And how can we adapt this to be an equal opportunity for them? Because there are adjustments to be made. Let's talk about that, Stephanie. Tell us about some of the things that you teach about the different special needs and how do we look at our businesses and what needs to be changed? What can we add? How can we incorporate services for those families? Yeah, absolutely. And so I want to start by like giving a lot of grace and saying, if anything I say is something that you haven't been doing, it's okay. You didn't know what you didn't know. And we can, we all start somewhere. Right. And so a big part of what I I start the process with, make sure you're offering your clients accessible locations. This means that there's handicap or accessible parking readily available. There's no steps or steep inclines. Like you're, you're trying to think of them or studio. Like a lot of times some older cities have studios that are, you know, up a million flights of stairs with no elevator and that's just not going to work. So I'd like to start just by when you are looking and scouting locations, make sure you have a few in your back pocket that are totally up to speed where if you had, if you think about pushing like a stroller or a wheelchair, you wouldn't have to go over anything too crazy or pop any wheelies or anything like that. So I'd like to start with just choosing a spot that will work for everyone. And then within working with a family, I like to do a lot of prep work beforehand of telling them what to expect. And I even tell the moms what to tell their kids, like show them a picture of me, tell them that this is what we're going to do. And then after they do pictures, they're going to go 
you know, do a preferred activity, like get ice cream or go to the park or whatever that is. And then from there, I like to, in my sessions, I have a pretty strong workflow of starting with the whole family and then just the kids and each kid individually, mom with the kids, dad with the kids. That way it just allows for a natural rhythm and breaks for each child if they need it, but also getting like those big, important shots for mom right off the bat. I also cover in my course posing, which is a little bit more complex when you're posing someone who maybe can't sit up on their own, but mom doesn't want to use equipment in the photos like wheelchairs or gate trainers. And so I teach on like how you can adapt essentially any pose for anybody and just using family members as support to make sure you're still flattering the person with a disability. Stephanie, do you suggest photographers incorporating different questions in like their initial, I know some photographers have like a questionnaire, they have new clients fill out. Do you encourage them to include any questions or like leave a space on that questionnaire for moms or whoever it may be to add information as far as like if their child is differently abled? Yeah, I highly recommend it. On my questionnaire, what I had for a long time was I would say, let me know your child's names and ages. And if you have like, and there's anything else I may need to know. And that just kind of opens the door for you, Abby, you'd be like, oh, I know some things you need to know. Um, And so you put that there. And so I like to just make it a very vague, open-ended. And that way, if their child maybe is not diagnosed with a disability, but is just painfully shy or is a little bit neurodiverse and needs a little accommodations, they have an opportunity to say it without feeling like I'm coming at it too strong. And so I just like to say, what are your children's names and ages? And is there anything I need to know? about them. And it kind of opens the conversation for them to put whatever they want to put there. I've had some clients fully give me their child's medical history and I'm like, okay, I don't need all of that. Thank you though. (laughs) And then others who just say simple things like my daughter is nonverbal. She'll do everything you ask. She'll follow directions. She'll look at you and smile. She's great, but she does not speak. And so I know not to ask her any questions that would prompt a verbal response. And so I can kind of not make it awkward for her because, you know, especially for an older child, they're very aware of their differences. And so I don't want to draw more discomfort to that for them. And so I just want to make it an easy, fun, equal opportunity for them and not require her to speak. So I would just, you know, still engage and talk to her like any other kid, but don't ask like, oh, what grade are you in? Or things like that. Just make it more one-sided. I love that my kiddo that has some special needs also has a limb difference. And so just opening up, leaving that kind of open-ended question to allow me to say, Hey, this child has a limb difference. We do not hide it. It's not Mm -hmm. something we're ashamed of. Please feel free to like, you know, not however. Yeah. Yes. Pose. However, do not edit out. You know, that's just leaving that open. I am more of an upfront, like open, honest type person when it comes to that kind of thing. How would you suggest, I guess, or maybe not suggest a photographer kind of approach that type of question of wanting to know if maybe an individual like my particular kid who has a limb difference, if that individual wants it to be showcased or not, like how would you suggest a photographer sort of navigate that? So I have several clients who have children with limb difference and they all have the same opinion you do, which is we are proud of how they are. This is who they are. This is a part of them. We accept them and love them just as they are. Please don't hide, you know, this side of their body or this arm or whatever. 
And so I just approach it like that. I just act like it any, I pose and shoot like I would any other session. But if you have, are questioning whether that's the way to go, I kind of follow mom's lead. And so I have one client who is an adult with limb difference and she does tend to pose herself where she is not showcasing that side of her body. She will subtly like just shift away or like kind of tuck away the arm she's trying to like flatter most. And so I just follow her lead on that. But generally for moms of children with disabilities, I never recommend a photographer to hide it for their own sake of like, oh, well, I think this is what they want. So I'm just going to hide it or not showcase it. I go in with the assumption that we are going to show them from just as they are, but the most flattering shot I mean. So if we're not going to ask them to do things that are physically, you know, challenging or impossible for them. And so I think that in the moment, if you're questioning, like how you approach something, just ask mom, be like, like, how do you want me to work with so-and-so just say the kid's name. You don't have to necessarily call out the limb or the difference or anything like that. Like, is there anything that you like most about pictures or can you show me your favorite picture of them? That's my big go-to as well as asking moms to see their favorite picture of their child, because that gives me a really good reference on like facial expression, as well as just general, what is being shown in the image. And you can kind of go from there. That's a great idea. I love that. Stephanie, are there maybe practical tips that you have for different, let's say different special needs that would be helpful that we could apply to our sessions? Absolutely. And so I think for, I'm going to start with what is in the medical world considered less full care, and then I'll progress to more intense full care. And so for children who are neurodiverse, which is autism, ADHD, these are big spectrums of what that can look like for a child. But generally these kids are pretty able-bodied. They just may require more transitions and more prep work and telling them to look and smile at the camera is not going to work. Uh, So for those, I go in with the more of like, I want it to be an engaging, fun experience for them, but I also want to approach it in what, how, what works for them. So for some kids, like being loud and boisterous is a big turnoff and they are immediately going to shut down and not enjoy that. While for other kids, there's certain sensory types who they thrive off of noise and chaos and like as much sensory input as possible. So I like to kind of gauge right off the bat of, is this child a sensory seeker or a sensory avoider? And then kind of formulate my game plan from there and trial out how, what's going to engage them most and get them most happy during the session. And I never, I don't think I've ever told a kid to look at me and smile because that just doesn't, that doesn't work. Um, And so for kids who need that kind of input there, I will do that. For children who need physical support, I always ask mom if she wants me to pose with or without equipment. And so this gives her the opportunity. I tell her I'm comfortable either way. And so she can then decide if we want to use wheelchairs and walkers and gait trainers, or if we don't want to. Um, I think this is a very personal question, depending where each mom is at in her journey of motherhood with a child with a disability. Um, For some parents, they see the equipment as like a huge milestone of like a step towards independence. And so they really welcome it and encourage it. Well, for others, they aren't there yet and they may never get there. They may never need to get there, but they're like, oh no, I just prefer we don't use the equipment because it's kind of an eyesore. And so I'm comfortable posing without that way. And when you're posing someone with a disability, you want to think that like asking them to just sit up and smile. It's like asking us to look cute when you're on a Peloton ride or when you're doing a workout and it's just not going to happen. 
So we try to make it as physically a safe space for them where they're being supported, whether that's by their family members or rolled blankets or pillows or environmental items like having an arm up on a log. And that way they are in a physical supported space where they can give you genuine expression. And then from there, I mean, that's the biggest two is covering the neurodiversity area and then the physical ability areas. You can kind of tailor each of those to whatever supports your person needs. So what advice do you give to photographers that want to start photographing people with special needs? I know I was reading on your, I think your Instagram about this being an untapped market. And I wondered marketing for special needs feels icky to me. Like, why does that feel icky? But it's more, is it marketing? Is it just providing a service? Like why, why do I feel funny about even saying that Stephanie? Like Let's talk about marketing. There's, there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons why you can feel funny about saying it. And so you can call it selling, you can call it marketing, or you can call it serving. And so you're offering a service to families with children with special needs. And so I don't think it needs to feel icky. And I think a lot of times when we say like, oh, marketing for special needs, people are thinking you need to have like a long sales copy on your website of like a big long backstory like me, or you need to have some heartfelt story. And you really don't. You just need to showcase a few beautiful images that are diverse, just like you would with any, you know, difference, whether that's, you know, race or sexual orientation, like we're very big on diversity and disability is just a part of diversity, if you really think about it. And so you just want to make sure that you're showcasing diverse images so that those moms who are shopping for photographers, when they land on your website, they're like, oh, she works with families like ours, whatever that means to her. Right. And so I don't think it needs to feel icky or slimy or gross. And I don't think that like, special needs photography is its own niche. I think that every family photographer, anyone who photographs children should be up to speed on working with children of all abilities, because that's the world we want them to come into is where it's just fully accepting of them. They don't have to shop for something specific to just them. They can, you know, browse all the options and everyone's able to work with them. And I can, I can, well, I can't speak to the whole community, but I can assure you, Kim, that we don't feel like it's icky. Everything we navigate in life has to come with an extra layer of work and advocacy. And when there is a service out there that just puts it out there as a like it's been considered and whenever that's provided, it truly is more so a service and a help to us and not like, at least I don't ever feel like that would come across to me as you're taking advantage or trying to make a profit off of a community that I belong to. I would definitely view that as, oh my goodness, what a relief. Okay. They've already considered this and I don't have to like do a lot more extra work to try and research and find someone that fits for my family. Just putting it on there that you have it as an available service. I think that's a great wording for it. It really is, I know at least communicated to me as a help than it is at all that you're taking advantage of the community. Yeah, the word serving does not feel icky, but when I think of marketing, uh, maybe that word just comes with a negative connotation anyway, in all forms sometimes maybe, or selling, you know what I mean? So maybe that's what I'm feeling, but serving, yes, that's something that I could feel good about and 
thank you. I, think, I like to think of it more as to as like a marketing for inclusion because I the goal isn't I don't want you know a million photographers who are like oh I'm going to specialize in just this because I don't know if that would be enough of a business in and of itself. It hasn't been for me, um, but I want to have a million photographers who are doing it. You know that we all dabble in this and we're all open and accepting and serving these clients. So it's more of, I like to think of it as marketing for inclusion versus like, oh, I'm selling to this one group of people. Cause I think that's where it could feel icky. But if you're thinking of it as like, no, I'm advertising my services to all families. Right. Just plain and simple. It feels a lot better. And it, that's truly what it is when you think about it is that that's the heart behind it. I may have mentioned this, but I read something that on your site that stuck out to me. It said, if we aren't making an effort to be inclusive, we are being exclusive. So maybe that's, that's something that we can all, I know for sure for me, that's something that I'll work on. Absolutely. And that's why I just wanted to like share that I, I, no one means to be exclusive. I think that we think that like, oh, there's inclusive, there's exclusive, and there's like a whole bunch of people in the middle. And that's unfortunately not how it works. It's either you're making steps toward being inclusive and you're inclusive of people with disabilities or by default, you're not. And no one wants to be in the you're not category. So I want everyone to just think of like, what little tweaks can you make in your business to make it more accessible? Whether that's, you know, choosing locations or just having more diverse portfolio on your website, which will bring clients in and of itself, or, you know, making those adjustments to your workflow so that you can, you know, allow for natural breaks if that's needed, or you can kind of change how you maybe shoot, like maybe you'll shoot a little faster. You have to use a different lens if you have to get really close and so someone can see you if they can't see very far away. So just things like that. So, so many of our listeners are motherhood photographers with photographing moms and babies in the first few years of life. So are there tips for babies with special needs? Are there, do you have clients with babies that, are there things that we need to consider? Yes. So I live in Colorado. So a lot of babies here come home on oxygen. So that's like the first like kind of out of the gate thing that could be a potential for more children with medical complexities would come home on oxygen than typical children, for example. And so just learning how to like, oh, work around cords. Like, I mean, we don't take their oxygen off for photos by any means, but you can like move the tank or kind of use the cord to your advantage as a leading line versus it's just kind of there and doesn't seem like it belongs. And so I don't edit out wires or tubes or anything like that. I, that's a part of who they are in this season and I include it. Um, So I think that, yes, for moms who are, I mean, even expecting, there's a lot of, you know, genetic screenings we do now that will tell you when you're pregnant, if there is something to be concerned about. And so you could work with a maternity client who has received a prenatal diagnosis and it kind of changes the maternity session, right? Because she might not know what motherhood's going to, I mean, nobody really does know what motherhood's going to look like regardless, but when they're going into it, they might have a different perspective of like, I just want to enjoy every moment of this because they don't know how long or short or what that's going to look like in the future or any of that. So I think just approaching it with kind of the compassion of we don't necessarily, your story is not their story. We don't know what they are going through and just giving them a lot of grace to feel all the things. Because I think another big part of that early motherhood journey for a lot of mothers of children with special needs is parental grief. And that is, they're not grieving their child. They love their child. They're glad their child's here, just like anybody else loves their baby. But they are grieving that this experience doesn't look like what they thought it would, that motherhood's not going to look like what they thought it would. And that, you know, whenever I 
for me, it's true when I was expecting my children, you, you have expectations of like, oh, I wonder if they're going to look like this or do this or talk like my husband or, you know, do these little mannerisms that we do. And there's little parts of that, that moms with children, special needs have to grieve every single day because they realize that's one more thing that my child may not do. That's not what I thought it would happen. And it's not like that's the end of the world or that breaks their heart or anything, but it's just one more kind of blow, so to speak of like, okay, that's one more thing that I thought I would, you know, get to see or get to do that I do not. And so I like to just approach it with a lot of compassion, especially from the grief side, because I know a lot of the moms in the disability community feel like they can't talk about the grief because they're grateful their baby's here. They're grateful they're alive and whatever health they do have. But I think that it's a very big topic to like educate photographers on. These photos are visual reminders that their family looks different and we can still make them beautiful. We can still show the beauty in their lives, but we don't, I mean, don't hold it so I don't know. Don't take it so personally. If a mom's like, Oh, I really, this, the, I, I cried when I saw the pictures and like, it wasn't in a good way. Like if she might, like, so it may not that you did bad work, but it might just be, this was a visual reminder that her family looks different than she thought it would when she started on her journey. There's definitely, I'm glad you mentioned the grief process because that was a huge thing for me to learn in my journey into motherhood is that there is grief there and it's not that you're grieving the loss of a particular person, but you're grieving an expectation, just a natural expectation. I mean, they don't put this stuff in the what to expect when you're expecting book, you know? So whenever you are hoping and dreaming and imagining what your family and your kiddo is going to be and what they're going to do, I don't think it's ever anything that any mother um, before a maybe a, an ultrasound or a diagnosis would ever even consider to be, you know, their future when they would imagine it. And so whenever that does become your reality, there is a grief process. There is a loss of what you thought would be and what you kind of expected it to be. And yes, having the respect there and honoring that you can be both grateful that you're child is alive, but also grieving that their life looks different and your life looks different. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like you can hold space for both of those things. I think, you know, as photographers, just, yes, don't take it personally when we're like sobbing and literally mourning over these photos, because it's not that we don't absolutely 100% unconditionally love our child. It's the grief of what we thought would be and what is, and that is a process. And it is a grief that has to go through those natural stages of grief, as does any loss in, in your life. So I'm just grateful that you brought that up. I love the way you said hold space for both, because that's truly like how I view it. Whereas like, I have plenty of clients who are repeat clients who I know adore me and like I posted one picture once and it was a family, it was not a family with a child with disability. It was just one of my typical families and they're walking towards the mountains, all holding hands. And one of my clients messaged me, she's like, this picture made me cry because I just realized I'll never get this. And I was like, oh, well, yes, you will. We are going to adapt this some way and we are going to get you and your family going towards the mountains. We all might not be walking, but we will do it. <laughs> and so it's just like, it's, you don't want to take it so personal. It's like, oh, I don't want to, like, I don't mean to offend her, but it's like, 
it's allowing her to go through the process if you think about it that way. And I really love how you said that. Well, I was going to ask you, Stephanie, about if you had a special memory of a family or a client that you could share, but that sounds like a pretty special one. I have one client in particular who they are a big blended family. It is a rowdy bunch and it's always really fun. And like, cause I like kind of chaotic sessions. And so it's always a fun session for me because there's a lot of kids and a lot of chaos and they have two sons who have special needs and I've done their portraits for a few years. Uh, they came to my session one year and I noticed we were down a kid and they hadn't mentioned anything to me. And so I didn't bring it up. And by and then at the end of the session, the mom told me, she said, she's like, did you notice that so-and-so wasn't here? And I was like, yeah, I noticed she wasn't here. What's going on? Cause she was not one of the children with medical needs. She goes, she passed away in her sleep one day. They, they said something was wrong with her heart. And I thought she was my healthy girl. Like I didn't think I would ever lose her. And they used all my photos from, I've taken of her at her memorial service. And I was like, that mom just lost a healthy child. Like she's already grieved two of her children and she just had to grieve a third. And so that for me was like a big one. Cause I was like, I didn't expect it to play out that way. I was like, I, whenever I work with a family who has children who are medically fragile, there is death as a part of life. Everyone does eventually pass away. And so I'm very aware of that. And I've had many clients who the children with disabilities have shorter life expectancies and do pass away. But for this family, it just hit me different. Cause like, that was her healthy kid. Like that was her, the mom never expected that. And so the fact she's like, I love the photos you took of her. They, that is her personality. They're all over my room. They're, they use them her service. And so that one's like the biggest one on my mind. When I saw your question in our little prep outline, right. I was like, is there a special story? I'm like, yes, I know the oh. exact one. And of course I'm still crying while I talk about it. Cause there's no stories I can't oh, tell yeah. without crying, but you know, it's a good one. Yeah. So I've been a photographer for a long time, 20 years. And my thinking back through the years, like my most special favorite images are all, you know, of people that aren't with us anymore. And, you know, because I think too, like I've talked so often about like losing my father and like, if you've lost someone that you love dearly, when they pass away, the first thing you do is gather your photos, you know, that you just want to see them and touch them and just such a important, meaningful thing. Stephanie, do you provide any sort of support for photography? Because, I mean, you talk about going through that session and I know like (laughs) we have a close family. We have several close friends who are phenomenal professional photographers. The Lord very much blessed us in that way who have known our kids since they were born. And I know that those sessions can be incredibly heavy. And, and, and as a mom who has a kid who has special needs, I'm just, I'm so grateful because when you step into this space and you're willing to be inclusive with that does come the, a bit of heaviness. It can be, we'll just say how it is. It can be emotionally draining for, I know, and, and have to respect and acknowledge that it can be emotionally taxing on the photographer. And while there's so much gratitude from me, I also um, am curious if if we flip that a little bit, is there a way that um, us special needs families can be a support to photographers who are willing to step into this space and provide this service? Because it is, it is probably going to take a lot more out of them that maybe 
it, it wouldn't in a quote unquote normal healthy family. Yeah. And I think, I don't think there's anything the families need to do in particular, because for me, the reward is so worth it. And so like any client, when, you know, you leave a review or something like that, that's always appreciated. What gets me every single time is when a mom says like, oh, we haven't done family photos since the boys were toddlers and they're teenagers now, because it was just, I couldn't even think about, you know, corralling them. And like, so thank you for doing this. Or this is the first family photo we have where everyone's looking at the camera and smiling. And like that to me is just so rewarding. I'm like, what a gift. Like she never thought, you know, at some point in the motherhood journey, a lot of moms with children, especially it's kind of give up on like, okay, family photos aren't for us. And so I want to change that where family photos are for you. And so just hearing the, you know, kind of testimony of, you know, we never thought, like, I never thought I would be able to get this. You gave me one glimmer of normal back that like, it really speaks to me. I'm like a lot for a lot of families that's, you know, they know their night lives are not quote unquote normal. They know they're different, but just giving her one piece of like, maybe taking the edge off of the grief a little bit of like, yes, it's different, but it's still beautiful. And so for me, there's nothing that families in particular need to do. Um, just the reward of that itself is so much for me. And then for photographers, I have a like free Facebook community where I feel like that will be a good place for them to kind of help each other during those like more heavy times. Because I know as a photographer myself, when I, you know, work for that family, I don't know any other photographers who have experienced things like that. Like we've all shot, you know, extended family sessions where grandpa's no longer with us, but that's a very different feeling for me anyways, than a family who's lost a child when kids aren't supposed to die. Right. So I think that having that, you know, community for the photographers is going to be nice for them to kind of just carry each other through and share experiences and, you know, let them grieve in their own way. Cause like, yes, obviously it's not our child. We are not feeling it as much as mom is, but it is still a very heavy because we all put so much of our heart into our works and, you know, you get to know these kids and love them and love their families. And so it is a loss when, you know, someone passes away. And so I think that kind of giving photographers the space to grieve together is going to be a big helper for that. So Stephanie, I like to usually sometimes, most times I end the podcast with a question about what do you consider success? And for me, like, I think one step above, above success in life is purpose. And so many people don't have the privilege of ever finding their true purpose. And I feel like you have, and I just want to say thank you for chatting with us today and thank you for being patient with me and my ignorance and (laughs) hopefully by talking with me and sharing things with me that we will help other people that kind of feel the same way I do. So if you would tell everybody a little more about your program and where they can find it, where they can find you. Yes. So I have the full capable community. I like to say it's a program because I have the course side, which is for photographers, but I also have a directory or find a photographer side for families. So it really I'm serving both of my loves, which is photography, but also moms of children with special needs because that's my heart and purpose behind everything is I want to make their lives a little easier. And so the full program launches June 13th, and it is a full digital program teaching photographers everything they need to know about offering an inclusive photography experience to families with children with disabilities Everything from things I mentioned, like posing to prepping your clients and location scouting beforehand to even marketing for inclusion and how that can boost your business. And 
I mean, that might feel icky, but you're, you're serving more clients. So it's gonna, you know, it's gonna do good things for you. And so the full program launches June 13th, and then it will be still up. We have a really big launch week with some special bonuses and really fun stuff. If you feel called that this is definitely the thing for you. And then after the first week, we will still have it like evergreen. So you can still buy it at any point, but some of those bonuses won't be offered anymore. Okay. And so where can they connect with you on Facebook and Instagram? Yeah. So on Facebook, I am just the capable community. Same thing for Instagram, the capable community. No, nothing else special about it. Online, you can either go to my photography website, which is stephaniefassler.com or thecapablecommunity.org. You'll find me somewhere, either place. Okay. Well, Stephanie, if you're not opposed, I'd love to add you to our membership group on Facebook. That way, if our members have more questions or want to be a part of your course, that they can communicate with you there, if that would be okay. I would love that. And I'm happy if they have questions in there about what we're talking about today, I'm happy to answer them there. I'm an open book. And I really feel like downfall is if I answer too many questions, we're serving serving the disabled community too well. And that's never a bad thing. So I'm all about sharing everything I've learned and know. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you, Abby. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so grateful for people like Stephanie who open our eyes and our minds to being more inclusive and considerate in our photography business practices and in everyday life. The way Stephanie is utilizing her success to also fulfill a larger purpose is both inspiring and convicting for all of us to do the same. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for being a great guest today. I hope you, the listener, will take what Stephanie shared today and begin utilizing her tips and practicing in your own businesses. I know I will. Stephanie will be available in our membership community to answer questions, so if you're a member, you can find her there as well as on her social media platforms and websites she shared earlier. If you're not a part of our membership, we would love to have you join us when the doors reopen. Simply go to themotherhoodanthology.com and click membership to join our waitlist. This will ensure that you're notified as soon as those doors reopen. Meanwhile, go ahead and join our free community over on Facebook called the Motherhood Anthology Community. There you'll find a large group of welcoming individuals walking the same path of motherhood photography business ownership. I hope to see you there. I thought this quote by Oprah Winfrey was perfect for closing out this episode. When we prioritize serving individuals with special needs, we not only make a positive impact on their lives, but we also enrich our own lives and create a more compassionate society. So from our lens to yours, until next time, friends.